You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the How to Hunt Deer podcast, which is brought to you by Tacticam. This podcast aims to educate those who are interested in becoming deer hunters, brushing up on essential skills, or maybe just adding a few new tactics to the toolkit. We cover a variety of topics that will help you be more confident and successful in the field while hunting deer. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Opening week of archery deer season has now come and gone, even for folks with October 1 openers. And uh, as we drift into the middle of the month, we enter into what many have dubbed the October lull. Now, countless articles have been written that explain the October lull, right? Like the deer supposedly hole up in their beds from before first light until well after the end of legal shooting hours. Mature bucks shift to completely nocturnal patterns. And the only hope we have is the sweet action of the pre-rut that's hopefully going to fire up at the end of the month. You might as well stay home, watch college football, right? The only problem with the October lull theory is that it simply isn't supported by the evidence. GPS collar studies have consistently shown that buck activity increases as October rolls on. And there are lots of guys who are out there tagging big bucks in high-pressured areas in the heart of October. So what are we to make of the October lull? Well, in this episode of the How to Hunt Deer podcast, I'm talking with the nine-fingered wander, Mr. Dan Johnson, to get his unfiltered opinion on the October lull. Dan shares his thoughts on where the theory came from, what the average hunter should make of it, and what guys should do if they want to be on deer in the month of October. And here's a spoiler alert for you. You should still go hunting. Now, can this be a really tough time of year to hunt? Absolutely. There are lots of things shifting. Bucks are shifting their core range still. There's a lot of changes with the food and the browse that the deer are eating this time of year. Acorns are starting to fall. Those food plots that were maybe really hot in September or those ag fields that were really hot in September and early October... Maybe things are starting to change there where the deer are starting to roll back into the timber and feed on white oaks and red oaks that are starting to drop. 
And then obviously with October, you have this huge influx of hunting pressure that influences how deer move across the landscape, specifically during daylight hours. We take time to unpack all of that stuff here in this episode. But before we jump into it, I do just want to say thanks to our partners. First of all, Tacticam. These guys make the best point of view cameras for hunters and anglers. If you're thinking about filming your hunts this fall so that you can share them with your friends or your loved ones or you want to post them to YouTube, you really need to give Tacticam a look. There are lots of options out there for filming your hunts, but I honestly think that Tacticam is the simplest, cheapest, most effective way to get into filming your hunts. Now, I carry in a lot of camera gear when I go into the woods, and I'll tell you, it can kind of be a bit of a headache. It's nice every once in a while to leave the big camera at home and just go out with the Tacticams. Uh, I've also tried filming my hunts on my phone before, but that can be really frustrating. Number one, because of the mounts, and uh, number two, because I like to use my phone. I like to look at OnX. I like to, uh, you know, plan for the next hunt. I like to answer emails, even though I probably shouldn't be doing that when I'm on the stand. But I like to have my phone in my pocket for other things, not out on a camera arm. This year, I'm going to be using the Tacticam 6.0 camera on my bow stabilizer, as well as a couple of other Tacticams in the tree with me to get second and third angle footage. And they're all gonna be tied to my remote. Now, if you haven't seen the Tacticam remote, this thing is sweet. You can have, I think it's up to like five or seven cameras on one remote, uh, but with one click of one button, all of your cameras turn on, all of your cameras start recording. So when that deer comes in, you've got one thing to worry about. Press one button and then boom, you're back into kill mode. You don't have to worry about moving cameras around or anything like that. So go check them out, tacticam.com. Next up, Huntworth. I am so impressed with the Huntworth clothing. I've got their heat boost stuff on the way right now. Looking forward to trying that out as we get into the rut. From everyone that I've talked to, though, they're getting a lot more warmth with a lot less bulk. Also from Huntworth, I'm running their Hickory Pack this year. I've had the opportunity to get out a couple of times now, and it handles all of my stuff flawlessly. I love the, the straps on the outside. It also allows me to... Uh, situate my gear way high up on my back because you can kind of tighten up the straps up top on your shoulders and it has this really nice waist belt so that I carry my gear nice and high. I don't like my stuff kind of down low around my knees flopping around as I'm walking through the timber. So definitely go give those guys a look, huntworthgear.com. And again, that hickory pack, I cannot recommend it highly enough. And then finally, Deer Lab. They're the number one trail camera app for hunters and land managers. They allow you to store, organize, and analyze all of your trail camera data right there in one place. As I've mentioned before, I just moved all of my cameras back into the timber, back into what is traditionally some really high traffic scrape areas, and also right just downwind of a couple of different doe bedding areas so that I can monitor the activity. What this is gonna allow me to do is plug all the photos that I get into Deer Lab and create a heat map based on aggregate data that tells me where mature bucks that I'm trying to track are spending a lot of their time. You can get a free 30-day trial right now from Deer Lab by going to their website, DeerLab.com. And then whenever you're ready to make your purchase, because I think you're going to love it, you can use the code HUNTDEER, all caps, for 20% off of any of their plans. Now let's jump into the show talking about the October lull with Dan Johnson. Welcome back to another episode of the How to Hunt Deer podcast. And once again, I've got my brother from the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network, Mr. Dan Johnson. What's up, buddy? Oh, dude, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm really excited because while we're recording this, I I am making plans in my head and getting all my gear ready and uh, getting set because tonight, tomorrow morning, and Friday, or Friday night, there's going to be a 
you know, somewhat of a cold front come through Iowa. Temperatures are going to drop a little bit. There might be a little bit of rain. Um, nothing too crazy. It just so happens that that cold front lines up with two days that I have uh, the availability to hunt, and I'm going to be hunting a brand new farm for the first time. So I'm excited to get out there and kind of see what's moving around on it. Man, that's awesome. I've, I've heard you talk about this new farm, and so I'm excited for you to get out there on it just so I can live vicariously through you and see, like, all right, yeah. what is this going to turn into, you know, because it's right. got a lot of potential, it sounds like. Right. Yeah, it was one of those – I just got lucky with it, right? Um, I, I got access to it. I'm not going to get into the, the story of how I got access to it, but, uh, you know, I got access to it, and uh, it turned out to be a really good farm. Uh, fairly low pressure from from what I can tell. Uh, there was no tree stands on it when I went and uh, scouted it this summer. I hung up some tree stands or, or some trail cameras, excuse me. And so now today, tomorrow, I'm going to be checking those trail cameras and, uh, and you know, checking those cams, making sure everything, it, it, you know, to kind of get an inventory of what's moving on this farm. And I'm going to throw a couple tree stands up. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to hunt the farm for three hunts, you know, two, two and a half or a, a day and a half, basically three hunts and, uh, you know, get it set for when it starts to get really good. And, and so, um, it just it looks to be a good farm. I, I put a cell cam out on it uh, in July or it was August, I believe, and and so I scouted it and I put a cell cam up. And the first two deer that showed up on on camera were really good bucks. And so maybe they're there, maybe they're not. But checking the cams, hunting it is going to give me a good idea what's moving around, how the deer move through the farm. And, uh, hopefully I, that all adds up to making better decisions and, and, uh, you know, making adjustments and leading to potentially a really good deer. Heck yeah, man. You know, this, this seems like an easy decision, like, Hey, access to a new, apparently low pressure property in Iowa. That's the first one I want to get out on. But as of last night, <laughs> this became a little bit tougher of a choice for you. So yeah. what happened? Yeah. So and, and this conversation is really for people who are focused on a certain caliber of deer, right? So I've been hunting long enough to where I can pass certain types of bucks, right? If I want to fill the freezer, I'm probably going to shoot a doe. I mean, I still got plenty of deer meat in my freezer from last season, but I'm going to, you know, my goal is to probably shoot two to three deer this year. You know, like if I shoot anything out of state, and then maybe one doe and one buck in Iowa. And, and that's the goal for the freezer anyway. But I had a deer show up on, on cell cam last night. And he's right on the cusp. I mean, he meets the criteria for me, right? Not only from the age class. I'm guessing he's a four-year-old. But uh, also from an antler size, right? He's, a, he's, he's just a big, a big buck that I actually saw this summer in a bean field while me and my boys were driving around. And the cool thing about this story that makes me want to actually get in there and go hunt it is I was glassing this field. And then my boy said, dad, stop. There's a buck in, in that field. And I told him, no, they're just does. And I turn a little bit further to the left to where he could see. And I couldn't. And sure enough, this buck was in there. He's a mainframe eight pointer, uh, 
And I'd put him maybe at the, as an eight pointer, maybe in the 150 class as an eight pointer. And that's a pretty good deer uh, if you're an antler guy. So he's close to the farm. He was on it last night. And so if he shows up again tonight on this farm and maybe on the same camera, uh, maybe Saturday's hunt might be a little bit different, but I, I really want to check out this other farm before I commit to this buck, which for someone who is new may sound crazy, but for me, I'm in the stage of hunting where I like to step things up every year or at least because because what I don't want to happen is I don't want to shoot this this buck, which would still be a really, really good buck and then go into the rest of the season and just monitor trail camera pictures. And then like all these giants on this new farm show up and I kind of <laughs> I, I don't want to say I, I regret it. But, you know, I want to I want to check this. I want to test my skills on this new farm and kind of see what happens. Yeah, man. Well, kudos to you to, to stick into the plan, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, th- I think there's something to that of saying, yeah. like, you know, I had a plan. I'm executing the plan and we'll let the chips fall where they do. Right. right? So here's here's something I want to say, though, in regards to this. This buck showed up right at last light, maybe even uh, maybe a little past shooting light. Okay, so it's it's real iffy where where he showed up in the time that he showed up. If I was if I didn't have that other farm to go to, if I was fairly new to hunting bigger age class deer, I would be all over this. Okay, this is an this is an opportunity when you're talking about this little little cold front. If I was somebody else, I would be in there tonight tomorrow morning and Friday night in the same exact tree stand because the winds look to be the same. And I would be setting up on this particular spot in a heartbeat because it, it it gives you just an opportunity. This deer showed up last night. There's a chance he could show up tonight. You know, he just probably took a different way to bed. He's betting somewhat close. If I had to guess, I'm guessing on the opposite side of the Ridge and, uh, I, I really do think that if I was somebody different or didn't have that many caliber of deer on the wall already, I would be in a, in a spot where there is a shooting lane to the exact spot where I had him on camera last last night. So here's the question. Yeah. He shows up. He shows up tonight, 10 minutes before the close of legal. Yeah. What are you doing Friday evening? Yeah, well, it depends on what I see tonight at the other farm and what the trail cameras tell me on the other farm, right? I already have I already have some summer intel, you know, pictures from that farm. I know that it hasn't been hunted in multiple years. Um, I know that when it was hunted, it was only a gun farm, so people really didn't get in there and dissect it like bow hunters usually do. And then, and so all the pressure from the other farms could push something through. And on top of that, talking to people who live in the, the area and the caliber of deer that are running around in this particular uh, place uh, is, is pretty good. So I, I, I don't know yet, you know, this could be, this could be the season where, you know, he shows up tonight uh, dirt, like wide open shooting light. And I, I, I then I had struggled the rest of the season and, 
potentially, let's just say I don't get anything, which could happen. I feel like uh, I, I could regret it, but at the same time, you got to try. I mean, you got to, you got to try for something uh, different. And uh, uh, so I don't know, like I just, I'm kind of, honestly, I'm kind of going with my gut at this point. And I just want to reiterate here that this is, this is like, you, you hear the, you hear the, um, the, uh, the, what do they call that? Uh, first world problems. Right. Where it's like, oh, my Starbucks, oh, yeah. you know, my Starbucks is cold or whatever. That's <laughs> that's a first world problem. Right. Like this is a good problem to have for me. But a majority of hunters probably w- won't be making decisions like this. Right. Um, yeah. uh, I would take like, uh, like I, in any other scenario, take advantage of an opportunity like this. Get on it. Go take advantage of it. And um and try to be, you know, try to make it happen smart. Everything that you've learned on this podcast, everything that you've learned from what you're doing in the stand uh, over the years and and take advantage of something like this and and don't pass it up because from my experience in the past, opportunities like this don't come very often, especially if you have not accomplished your goal of, I don't know, killing a big buck or killing a mature deer or, or even filling the freezer at this point. Uh, so just know that they don't come very often. And I, I feel like if I was anybody else, I, I would be right on top of this opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Not only do they not come around very often, but, uh, it seems like over the next couple of weeks, uh, especially they may become a little bit more difficult to come by before, you know, we really start to see good, some... good transition, good transition. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. I got, I, I I'm learning from the best. Here. That's learning right. from the that's best. Right. So I wanted to talk to you today about the October lull and and really why I wanted to bring this up to you is because I wanted to get someone's unfiltered opinion, right? Like there's lots of media out there. I remember being a kid and everything was all about the October lull. Here's what you do in the October lull. I remember watching hunting videos where somebody was commenting like, yeah, well, all of our stuff's nocturnal. So we're either going to wait till the rut or we'll wait till late season. We'll shoot them in the food plots. Yeah you know, kind of thing. It's just totally ruling out this time period in the month of October. On the one hand, we have GPS data studies that show uh, deer movement continues to increase throughout the fall, right? Beginning in October-ish, and and it increases on through November. On the other hand, we have uh, hunter experience says that there seems to be a lull in movement, even if the GPS collared studies do not necessarily back that up. So, what is Dan Johnson's unfiltered opinion on the October lull, or maybe moderately filtered opinion? Right. So <clears throat> I feel like the October lull is made up by people. It was made up, right? It's just like, oh, well, people hunting field edges and food plots said there's a lull in movement, right? Of course there is, right? There's, there's you know, especially the uh, this time of year, I don't know who's been in the woods. I've heard uh, bad reports in certain areas. And I walked into the timber the other day and there was acorns everywhere. So food sources are changing, right? Yep. Uh, acorns are dropping. The deer are coming off of the ag fields. If you hunt in an egg scenario, uh, they're, they're probably looking for fresh green type of uh, vegetation to, to eat. And there's acorns available. 
So I would mark some of this up to food source change. Okay. Second, the uh, the other thing I want to say is, again, I feel like the October lull potentially has been made up by people who only hunt field edges. Okay. Mm. Now, does this mean that big bucks are running all over the place? No, it doesn't. Right. And, and they're probably uh, just, just backing up a a bit. You, you talked about collared deer study and I listened to a podcast recently where there was a wildlife biologist who had scientific data from collared deer studies that he was talking about on the meantime, uh, the, the opposite end of the conversation were a handful of hunters in the industry who we're, we're trying to disagree with him that uh, that weather patterns and moon phase didn't have an effect on how, uh, you know, on deer movement. But what we fail to forget in this in this uh, in this scenario is that the collared deer studied was only talking about distance traveled in a day. OK, yep. not distance traveled during daylight okay so you have the hunter side of things saying well wait a second weather it makes deer move more no it doesn't make them move more we have the studies to show that it may make them get up earlier and move around earlier in daylight so that you know people can people can see them right uh so I'm not writing off moon phase. I don't make any of my hunting decisions based off moon phase ever, never will. And I, I never have uh, cold fronts. Yes, I, I have typically this time of year. I don't get excited by a cold front. It just so happens that on the days that I'm going to hunt, there's a cold front coming through. It's all circumstance at this point. But what I, what I'll say on that is, is I feel like people who say the October lull, it's a cop-out, right? For not seeing anything and they're hunting field edges. I've, I very rarely, I'm going to, I don't say I don't hunt field edges anymore, but I don't hunt field edges anymore, right? If if the opportunity presents itself, I'm, I'm going to be on a field edge, but, or an observation set, right? For on a field edge, but very rarely do I do that. I'm in the timber, in the trails, closer to the deer beds, usually in some kind of a staging area where deer are uh, are hanging out before they hit the field edge. Now, what this has done over the years, it has allowed me to see less deer, but more deer within shooting range. And so, um, you know, because everybody's like, oh man, I saw 13 deer today, tonight uh, from my field edge, but guess what? Uh, they were all out of shooting range. And so at that point, it doesn't matter because you're, you're trying to hunt. I'm not, I'm trying to hunt deer. I'm not trying to look at deer. So, um, so the lull to me, I just don't feel it, it it really exists because uh, unless you're the guy who is okay with not like, if you accept it, you're not my style of hunter. I am a, a, I'm not a wait for him. I'm a go and get him type hunter. And in the month of October, if they're not showing up on a field edge, 
well, then I'm going to go look for them and I'm going to go into the timber to try to get closer to them or in a pinch point or on a fence crossing or in a, a transition area or in a, uh, even in a morning hunt like uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, I'm going to be probably downwind of a bedding area to try to catch deer coming back off the off the egg field into this. And so, uh, you know, the lull or the lull makes it sound like these deer are just in a hole and they're not moving at all. It's, it's not true. They are moving. They are feeding. They have to, they have to do that stuff. And so I feel it's a cop out and I feel it's a way for people to, uh, make excuses and, uh, I don't like excuses. So I, I go and I, I, I try to make things happen. Just want to take a quick minute to let you know that the How to Hunt Deer podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best point of view cameras on the market for hunters and anglers. Their gear is made by outdoorsmen for outdoorsmen. Archery openers are just around the corner, and Tacticam just released several new products to help you share your hunt and take your scouting to the next level. Topping the list is their 6.0 point of view camera, providing 4K footage in a user-friendly waterproof package. They've also just released the new Solo Extreme, giving you HD footage, 3 to 8x zoom, and one-touch operation that you've come to expect from your Tacticam point-of-view camera. Tacticam's lineup of cameras is supported by the best mounts and adapters on the market. This fall, I'll be using their stabilizer mount as well as their bendy clamp mount to make sure my cameras don't miss any of the action. And last but not least, they just launched the Reveal X Pro. With no visible flash, built-in LCD screen, and built-in GPS tracking, the Reveal X Pro will help you take your scouting to the next level. You can learn more about these and Tacticam's entire line of products at Tacticam.com or RevealCellCam.com. This episode is also brought to you by Deer Lab, the number one trail camera app for hunters and land managers. Deer Lab gives you a simple way to store, organize, and analyze all of your trail camera data. Deer Lab has tons of great features like the ability to filter photos based on what's in them like deer or turkeys or people. It syncs your photos with local weather to help you pattern your target, and you can even mass edit your timestamps, which is a great feature if you're like me and you forget to correct the time on your camera. Head over to DeerLab.com to check them out. You can get a free 30-day trial, and then when you're ready to buy, use the code HUNTDEER, all caps, for 20% off of any plan. Now let's get back to the show. Man, that's good stuff. I, I, that's why I wanted to ask you. I, I, had, a, I had a feeling which way you were going to land mm-hmm. uh, on this topic, and you know, what I want to do is encourage guys to get out there and make the opportunities or take the opportunities that they have to get out into the timber yes. and uh, adjust based on what the conditions and the deer movement and and their properties are giving them. Like, that's how you become a better hunter Yes, is when you go out and you take the hand that you're dealt and you adjust on that. Like, that's how you learn. That's right. where you're sharpened. That's where your skills are increased and you uh, pick up on different things. You know, woodsmanship is honed in that school, right? Yes. Like that's how you become better at what yes. you do. Yes. And so, but I always throw an asterisk out for everything that I say, because if I, you know, I, I have the luxury of being able to go and hunt a Thursday and a Friday or a Wednesday or a Monday or whatever, because of my job, right? I, I'm self-employed. I, I get to make my schedule. There's a lot of people out there who only have, let's just say, two weeks of vacation, three weeks of vacation, maybe even less than that. And they have to juggle family life with taking time off of work to go and hunt. And so I think people don't pay attention to October 
because November is better. You're going to see more deer. You're going to run into more deer. You're going to have the likelihood of potentially calling them in, whether uh, even though in some states that they probably just straight run away from a rattling sequence or a grunt tube. (laughs) But what I'm getting at is why do most people hunt November? Because they see more deer in November. It's the breeding season. Deer lose their mind. They're going crazy. And, uh, and so if you, if you're less prepared, then November is the best bet. If you're more prepared, well, you've done your scouting, you have trail camera data, you, you, um, you took time to go in and really observe the terrain and the surroundings. Well then hell, why not make a move in October? Yep. Yep. And it, you know, you've talked to a lot of guys who have found success. Like, and I don't mean like, oh, they got lucky and killed a buck one year in October. I mean, they are consistently successful Mm -hmm. during the month of October. Some people like Tony, even like Tony Peterson will even say, it's my favorite time to get out there on public land. Like that's when I want to be out there because I'm not dealing with the hunting pressure. So what have you picked up on in all of your conversations that, that these guys that are consistently successful during what would be called the October lull, let's say, you know, October 10th or 9th through the 24th or whatever, what are they doing that sets them apart from those guys uh, who, you know, want to avoid the October lull uh, besides just sitting on field edges? Like, what are they doing different? Time. It's all about time. Time before the season starts, time after the season ends, time checking trail cameras, time gathering the most data, time spent in the woods, right? Actually hunting, right? So all that stuff leads to more information. And the more information that you have, the uh, the better decisions you can make to when to go in and hunt deer, right? And and so when I when I bring that up, and then it's just the the consist the people who are consistent at that time of year, they know where the deer are at, they know what they're eating, they know how they're traveling through the terrain, right? They've they've be, they've observed and be um, have gathered data. And it allows them to go make a really good decision, right? So um, the people, but you have to, okay, so we take that with a grain of salt, right? Because for every person that, is, that goes out during that time frame and says, hey, I found success, there's 10 people who didn't see a deer that night, right? But not all things are weighted equal, right? Is this person on private? Is this perfect person on, or like, I, sh- I shouldn't say private versus public. I should say high pressure versus low pressure uh, properties. Is the, I mean, is this person hunting a field edge? Do they have field uh, food plots available to them? Are they back in the timber hunting an acorn tree that's a mile deep? Like, like this this comparison to other people having success. I don't like to do it. I don't like to tell people here's a like I don't believe in blanket statements. Uh, this time of year or any time of year, really, because like people don't have the same hunting scenarios, right? Josh, I don't hunt Georgia. I don't hunt Wisconsin. So how can I tell you what to do? Or like, I could probably give you advice if you broke down the scenario for me, I could look at a map and say, Hey, maybe try this, maybe do that. But it's, it's only principles that I've learned throughout the years right? It's not, I've hunted that property. I know how deer go, right? So it's the principles that we learn that we can share and educate each other on. But when I'm trying, like, 
I would never give you a hard, you have to go sit in this tree or this funnel because shit, I don't know what, what that is. And, and the same with me, like, you don't know how I hunt or, or where I hunt. It would be like, it's hard for me to give someone advice on how they hunt when I don't know how they hunt. Right. And so as someone who, uh, recognizes that people out there should not be taking advice from someone who is not in the same scenario as them. Right. So we have some of these big time, um, if you want to call them content creators out there, they're hunting highly managed farms and they're saying right now, get on a green food source. Well, what if you don't have a green food source? What are you supposed to do? Not hunt? <laughs> no, you have to use your brain and you have to make a decision to go find where these deer are moving and then you go attack them. And so uh, that's that's me. The other option is, hey, man, you don't need to do that stuff. Just wait for uh, wait for the best time of year, which is late October, early November, and then get in the woods as much as possible. Yep. Yep. We Now, we've talked about that point a little bit uh, before, like what's going to get you, you know, into the woods early. Um, I, I do want to revisit that just real quickly, though, because, you know, on the one hand, we we don't think the October lull is a thing. We don't think that that should weigh heavily on people's decision of whether or not to hunt. At the same time, there's really, really good opportunity coming that last week of October, the first couple of weeks of November. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's going to get Dan Johnson in the woods uh, October 20th or 10th through 25th or whatever? Is that going to be strictly the intel that that's coming through or is there is there something else that's going to factor in two things one is that intel right maybe i drove onto the farm to check a trail camera and i saw saw a buck or or a deer um depending on you know what your goal is the other so trail camera data is a big one for me the second one is and it, it does have to do with cold fronts but only if it's a very long period of rain or precipitation. And what I mean by that is 24 to 48 hours of just a soaking rain event, or maybe even a, a big storm comes through and it, it knocks them off of their pattern for a 24 hour period, right? So the way I look at it is this in the evening, a deer stands out of their bed and they go and eat and then they come back. And then they bed down and they do the same thing every single day, right? Storm comes through in, let's say, an evening hunt. And it, and it, it just it, it either slows them down or they, they would rather bed down and take cover uh, when, the rain, when they're just getting bombarded with rain uh, or um, high winds or something like that happen. And then what it does is it throws them off. So they kind of just stick around their little core area. And then that next day after that front passes through, and um, I'm using this as an uh, evening hunt example, you could probably do it with a, uh, let's say the, a, a morning hunt as well. But the best scenario and where I've found, where I have found my success throughout the years has been that that's, it's, let's, let's just say it started on a Monday and it rained half the day on Monday all day on Tuesday, and then it started to slow up on Wednesday. You best believe Wednesday night I'm, I'm in the tree stand somewhere to try to catch. Once that last raindrop hits, I have seen more deer on their feet 
after a large rain event like that, coming out early to feed because they've been bedded down for 24 to 48, you know, for, you know, they're not not eating, but they're not traveling as much during those events. And then when the event is over, it's like, oh man, I got to stretch my legs. And for some reason, I feel like the bucks are like, hey, I got to make my loop. I got to make some scrapes. I got to rub some trees. I got to let everybody know I'm still here. And, uh, and so that right there, I tell you what, every time I look at, uh, during the hunting season, I see rain, I get fired up. Yeah. So that's, that's Dan's ideal scenario, right? For for October, middle of October. I, I want to hear now, and, and here's what I'm trying to get with this. I want listeners to walk away and say, okay, Here's some some general principles or some strategy that I can employ to help me get on deer in the middle of October. But I want to give you a scenario, Dan. Yes. Let's say you find yourself, um, you get a couple of phone calls tonight, and each one is from one of the landowners of the farms that you hunt. And each one is telling you, hey, Dan, we sold the farm. You got to be out by October 25th. Yep. So after October 25th, you have nothing. You can't hunt. And by the way, the state called too. Your license is no good after October 25th, so you can't do anything. And, and your wife Hard says stop. you can't travel after October 25th. What's that? Hard stop at on the yeah. 25th. Gotcha. Yeah, hard stop on the 25th. You can't do anything. You've got October. Yeah. What are you gonna do to try to find success? So here, here's uh, it, it's easy. Get off the field edges for for me. Get off the field edges. Get off of you know. Whatever routine you think you've done, you have to break it at this point, right? You have to, you can't wait for the rut anymore because it doesn't, you can't hunt it. It doesn't exist anymore as a hunter. You have to get in there closer. You have to find the terrain features. So the first thing I do is I'm picking up hunt stand or some kind of uh, mapping uh, app and I'm pulling up the topo lines and the satellite imagery on that and i am just looking at all the ground that i have access to i'm looking for uh the best pinch points the best best terrain features i'm trying to find food sources and then uh that's a, that's the starting point so then i i while i'm scouting I'm, I'm doing my uh my i call it access route daydreaming which i found the location i'm looking at the map and i daydream about how i'm getting in there you wait uh and then you look at the 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 conditions the wind i at that point if all i had was a 10-day window in the middle of october i would try to hunt as much as possible you know all of my vacation time dedicated towards the rut is now shifted into october and so i'm attacking right and so i'm going in to the best spots right I'm, i'm going in and i'm having the best access route i'm hunting any wind direction and what I mean by that is um, I have to have a new access route. I'm not being stupid and going into the best stand with the same access route on a north-south, east-west wind. If the, if, the, uh, if the wind direction dictates another access route, then I'm going to be changing my access route, right? But I, I feel like I could get in there. I'm going to be aggressive, but I'm going to be smart right? I'm not going to do any type of observation hunts. Probably. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to probably do a couple days of scouting where I get out of my tree stand. I'll walk through a certain area, look for sign. If I find fresh sign, I'm going to set up on that. Or if I, if I'm in the tree stand one morning or one afternoon, I'm going to 
observe deer movement through this. If I see a whole bunch of deer come off the next ridge, well, I'm moving my tree stand to the next ridge. And so um, I'm, I'm just not hunting field edges and I'm, I'm being an open book. I'm being mobile and I'm being um, observant, which I, in my opinion, is the most important thing is to, is to be observant. Yeah. So with, with all of this, I'm curious, last question for you. If, if you get into a spot that you're convinced this is a good spot, right? You, you devote a sit to it. You see nothing. Are you going to volume hunt any of these spots in October? Or are you saying, Hey, these, these periods of patterns are too short. I've got to keep moving. Yeah, man, this is where even as, you know, I, I hate the word seasoned hunter because or experienced. Yes, I have experience. Yes, I've I've hunted a lot of seasons, but I'm always learning. And so I always find myself in a conflict with myself <laughs> trying to figure out how long to give a spot before I move or d- like, you know, just say no, I don't. A lot of that has to do with trail camera data, but at the same time trail cameras can't replace what you can actually see in the woods, right? And so, and so it's hard. This is something that I'm still learning on every year, every spot, every farm, every tree, every ridge is different, right? And so, um, it's hard for me to say because in the past, I feel like there's been times when I've been too mobile where I, I've gone in there for an evening hunt and a morning hunt, and I said, no deer, and then I move and never come back. And then I come, I go check my trail cameras after the season's over, and sure enough, the next day or a day after that, the, you know, the deer are back in the area. And so I, I do feel like even, I, I feel like deer are on some kind of cycle based off of wind direction, has a lot to do with it and how they move through terrain. And so in my my big problem in the past has been being too mobile i haven't given time you know and and it's because before i wasn't mobile at all and so i would sit in the same stands and i would just sit there and wish deer would come through and they never would so i i I flipped the script and i went ultra mobile and i've moved all over the place and now i'm in this position where it's like okay maybe you do need to plant your feet uh, somewhere for maybe a three-day period if you have that opportunity or two hunts in a row and then say, okay, well, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to disregard this spot yet, but I'm going to go somewhere else and then maybe come back to it. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first from Mr. <laughs> Dan Johnson. The October lull is a farce. Yes. Go hunting. Yes, and, and really that's what it is, right? It depends on what your goal is. If your goal is a certain caliber of deer, if it's big antlers, age class, and you, you're you in a specific, like you're specific, then you have to be ultra critical at what the decisions are. If you're trying to fill your freezer and you're going to shoot the first deer that walks by, it's more about getting time into the woods and, and, and just being in the woods. And uh, if the I'm under the concept where if you're debating it, just go hunt awesome well dan good luck this evening uh i look forward to seeing what you see man hey man i appreciate it good luck to you and good luck to everybody else 
And that is all for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks to Dan for coming on the show again. Thanks to all of our partners, Tacticam, Huntworth, Deer Lab. Please go support the partners that support this show. Also, if you want to keep up with us throughout the fall, you can go find us on Instagram at How to Hunt Deer. And hey, if you're looking for other whitetail content, head over to thesportsmansempire.com where you'll find this podcast, my other podcast, The Wisconsin Sportsman, as well as a whole slew of other awesome whitetail content.